let's pray together. God, I thank you for today. I thank you that it is indeed all about you. Thank you for the worship we've enjoyed thus far. And we hope more so that you've enjoyed it. But God, as we open your word now in a moment and, and look at your word, would you be honored and glorified through the proclamation of your word, through our understanding of your word, and through our living of your word, even in our kind of world? This year has indeed been unforgettable in so many ways. It also has proved that you are indeed with us in every circumstance and situation of life. And in that we rejoice. Today, as we've already mentioned, we pray for our pastor search committee, as we have every day for the last few months. We pray that you guide them particularly today as they listen to a candidate and make a decision. May their decision be your decision and may your decision be the decision of this congregation more than a vote, but a determination with pastor and people to be all that you have and all that you need for this community and around the world. God, our hearts have hurt this week because we've we said goodbye to John Hardcastle. And today, we're, we're not sad for him because we know he knows what we can't know yet. And he sees what we cannot see yet. But God, we, we miss him. This congregation misses him. This community misses him and his family of course, really miss him. And we pray that you would wrap your arms around them and help them celebrate his life, mourn his passing, find their constant hope and assurance in the birth of the child who came. You showed us how to live and died that death might be conquered. So God, as we have to do, we give it to you in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm glad to see you this morning and uh, glad you're here. You've already heard that our search committee is, is out today. Uh, don't Badger them too much when they get back. Let them share as they have opportunity and as they discern what the will of God is. This has been, in many ways, the most remarkable December of my pastoral life. Uh, when December was mapped out, I was scheduled to preach once. Uh, this is the third time. Uh, that I will have preached in December. That's uh, okay, but it does remind us of how you make your plans and they don't always turn out the way you think that they may. 
and that has certainly been our experience with 2020. And we're certainly glad that God indeed is faithful. I uh, want you to turn to what I've already told you really is my favorite of the Christmas passages to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Hear the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as did receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And may God add his blessing to this the reading of his word. I think my favorite of the Christmas carols is probably that by the Wesleys. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with the angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. See he lay his glory by, born that men no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Let us then with angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth 
and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. These familiar words of Charles Wesley describe the meaning of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas is that the babe was born in a manger. But it was much more than just that, much more than just any birth. He was the newborn king. He did not look like a king there, but no more kingly heart ever beat in the breast of any man than that which beat in his heart. He did not look like a Messiah, yet he came to do for us what no one else could ever do in his life and his death and his resurrection. God, God and sinners reconciled. But the truth of Christian theology is that babe was God coming to be man. The word became flesh and dwelt, tabernacled, the word means, among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. At Christmas, we celebrate, of course, nothing less than the advent of God into our world. To live like we live. To hurt like we sometimes hurt. To walk as we walk. So that we might be saved, ransomed, redeemed from our sin and have new life with him. That is what Advent and Christmas indeed are all about. The comings of Christ. But it struck me not too long ago that that there's something here that that we sometimes miss. Uh, the, the coming of Christ is for all time and eternity. It, it is for men today as it was for men then. It is for men out there in the future who are not even yet alive today as it is for men now. It is indeed Advent, Advent always, and it is the Advent of God into our world that makes us indeed people of hope. Advent always, that speaks of the fact that Christ came, a certainty of history. What we celebrate at Christmas is that at a point in time, as they say in Washington, God invaded human history. It is a historical fact, 
as verifiable as the birth of anyone born in that period of history as we look back today. It was when Augustus Caesar decreed that all the world should be taxed while Quirinius was governor of Syria that Jesus was born probably about 4 or 5 B.C. It is a certainty of history. Writing years later, Paul thundered out in his letter to the Galatians, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. The Christ of history is a certainty, and it is certain that he came at God's time. God is always on time. God is never late. He is always there. It's interesting to check his record, but the particular uniquely given time that he was born, a man named David Smith did a study years ago. We had to memorize it back when I was in our pain. Why was Jesus born about the time that he was? And he came up with at least four reasons. First, he said, there was a Jewish dispersion. The Jewish people had spread throughout the world. And wherever they had gone, particularly to the centers of commerce and all, they built synagogues and they carried on worship. If you recall in the book of Acts, in the missionary journeys, when the early apostles preached in a new place, they always went first to the synagogue, for there would be the background of those who could understand if they would listen, if they would learn, who could understand the significance of the fact that Christ had come. Second, Smith suggests that there was a universal language. It was a universal language during this period of time, the language of commerce, the language of understanding, the language of articulation was a Greek language. It was universally understood, and it made it far easier than it had ever been in the history of the world to communicate what God was done, and so our, our New Testament books were originally written in Greek, and in that very expressive, well understood language of commerce known throughout the world, the gospel could progress. Third Smith says there was the Roman, the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. For the Romans had a kind of enforced peace; they built highways and it made it far easier to travel on those highways and get from place to place than it had ever been you remember that Paul the apostle was a citizen of the Roman Empire 
and enjoyed a certain degree of protection of being a citizen of the Roman Empire, was able to travel those roads and get around. For Smith suggests that it was the decay of pagan religion, that in which men had hoped had left them hopeless, and they were hungry for something new and fresh. So they were hungry for a knowledge of, of the real God of creation who, who loved all men enough to come to this world for themselves. And at that time in the world when all of these things are present, at such a time as this, God came in the person of that babe who was born in a manger. Paul said it again, born of woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. It was at God's time that he came. It was for God's purpose that he came, that purpose being the salvation of the world. That was the time that men might be saved. Jesus came that they might be forgiven. He came that enslaved men might be set free. He, he came that blind men might see. He came that estranged men might have fellowship with God. And every one of these things are wrapped up in the coming of Jesus Christ into our world. Did you hear that well? That means that Christmas... Is for you. It's no accident that the, that the angel the, the, is saying to, to, the, to the shepherds, For unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The, the, the angels, the messengers of God, were, were looking at those shepherds. But I wonder, I, I wonder if, if they were not looking down. The corridors of time. I wonder if they might have seen a group of people gathered in Mason, Texas, 2,000 years, 2,025 years later, hearing the message Unto you, unto you, a child is born. Let us give thanks. Let us give thanks. Jesus has come. The Christ has come. And it is a certainty of history. But Advent always, that speaks of the fact that Jesus comes still. A certainty of experience. He came, but he comes. He comes at different times and circumstances in our life, but he comes. And, and, and when he comes, it, it makes all the difference. To Paul, Christmas came on the road to Damascus. To Paul, it wasn't the song of an angel. It was a light and a voice from heaven. 
But for Paul, for the first time in his life, he understood that the one he wanted to destroy more than any other in all the history of the world was indeed his Messiah. And he must bow before him and he must receive him and he must find his life in him. To Martin Luther, the one whom God would use to revital his church, Christmas came as he sat in a study and poured over the book of Romans. And the phrase there, the just shall live by faith, leaped out at him. And he came to understand that he did not have to work to earn from God. He came to understand that God had graced him. And he just had to receive the gift of God. And it was Christmas for Martin Luther. A few years ago now, well, many years ago to some of you, a service not unlike this one in a small town between Houston and Victoria called Louise, Texas, a church met in worship. And a 10-year-old boy, when the invitation was given, slipped in the aisle and said to the pastor, I want to receive Jesus into my heart. It was me. And it was Christmas. It was Christmas because I was receiving the Christ who came and who comes. And really, folks, it, it, it happens when we receive him, but, but, but it happens... It happens in so many times in our life at the point of our need when we know that that God is there. Christmas. I felt this week again because of the events of this week of all the times around Christmas. I remember my first Christmas in Galveston. I was 34 years old. It was Christmas Eve phone rang pastor and they called the name of a lady has passed away she was saved followed Jesus she had a couple of kids their mother died on Christmas Eve dad was a very very immature believer if a believer at all I left my family, went to their home. But it was Christmas, and Jesus was there. Jesus was there. We're going to miss John Hardcastle. was a guy easy to know, easy to get to love. I'm sorry I did not get to know him longer. I would meet him there at the back every Sunday morning. He said it again last Sunday. You did good. And I love you. 
and we prayed that this would not be his time. When you think about it, it was kind of a selfish prayer because we loved his family and we loved him. But it was Christmas. And Jesus came. And took him home. And he said, let me go. Let me go. Do you understand? That's what Christmas is for. And that's what Christmas is about. I've told you before, I, I've marveled so many times as I've been with with God's family, with God's people, as God was doing His work and known that He was there. That's Christmas. There's a dear lady at the Lakeside Baptist Church in Dallas named Janice. And one year on my birthday, she did me a cross stitch. Gave it to me. It's in my study at home. And it said, for this, I have Jesus. For this, I have Jesus. Do you understand that because of Christmas, a certainty of experience, that there's nothing in our experience of life for which we do not have Jesus? The very best, very glorious moments, I have Jesus. And when your heart breaks and you hurt all over and things are different and you can't do what you used to do and all of those events, for this, for this, I have Jesus. Well, I must hurry. Advent always, that speaks of the fact that Jesus is coming again. A certainty of prophecy. Now understand what I'm trying to say to you here. He came once and was born in a stable. He came once to die on a cross and be raised from the dead. He comes in our experience when each one of us receives Him for ourselves, and when we encounter Him in the events of life, He comes in experience. But listen, that's not the end. That's not all. He's coming again. Do you understand? When He ascended into heaven that day, the angels said, this same Jesus whom you've seen go, one day will come again. Not a different one. This one, you'll recognize Him. You'll know Him. He's coming again. You know, I always say he might come before I finish his sermon, but that's a little dramatic. But he might. He might. He might. And and the greatest Christmas... Well, you know, my grandson said this was the greatest Christmas... Because his parents acquiesced and we bought him a Red Rider BB gun. And he's going to sleep with it. But that won't be the best Christmas. 
when he comes again. When he comes again. Prophecy predicted his first coming, but prophecy also predicts that he's coming again. He, he was born a king, but oh how lowly, very few recognized him And some do not recognize Him today and have no confidence in His coming again today, but that doesn't change the fact He's coming again. I want you to hear the words of Paul. How often, how often I've turned to these words and the pages didn't stick together. By the side of an open grave. But we do not want you to be uninformed. King James says ignorant. Brothers. About those who are asleep. So that you do not grieve. As the rest who have no hope. Or if we believe or since we believe that Jesus rose and died, died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. There it is. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He came to certainty of history. He comes. It is a certainty of experience. He's coming again. It is as certain as God Himself, a certainty of prophecy. One of my favorite of the old Christmas cantatas as these words in it. Never will the story of the manger lose its glow. Never will we tire to hear it told. Never will the music that started so long ago, never will the message sweet grow old. Never will the star of Christmas lose its radiant light. Never will it lead the wise astray. Never will we lose the wonder of that holy night. And never will the glory pass away. It was Christmas day before yesterday. It's Christmas today. And tomorrow. And Tuesday, and next month, 
and it will really be Christmas. When there's a shout and the trumpet call and we all go together and stop this business of dying and enjoy Christmas forever. Father, give us a mind and a heart Wisdom, understanding what we need to to digest it, to make it a part of our lives. So that when we have to say goodbye for a while to a dear friend, we can say it. So that when we face COVID, we can do it. So that life will have meaning. May it be ours. And with that word, may we move into this next year. And may we be found faithful. Because you're faithful. In Jesus' name. going to sing in just a moment make it your act of worship when you sing if you've never had the joy of asking my Lord to be your Lord of receiving Christ in your life you can today just meet me here at the front we'll pray and you'll know that you have Jesus. If you and God need to do other business or you just need the altar, you have freedom to come. But this is a time of worship. Let's stand together. We're going to sing. I'll meet you here at the front.
being here today. Uh, if you're watching online, we hope you're having a special day. If we can help you in your journey with our Lord, be sure and call. We have opportunity, and God is already in the future. And that, too, is something of what Christmas is about. So, friends, let's be a Christmas people, an Advent people. Jesus has come, Jesus comes, and he is coming. And that makes all the difference. What are we going to sing?